A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Welcome to Snips and Ahsoka Retrospective, where the lore hounds your guides to a galaxy far, far away. I'm John. And I'm David. And this is our pre-season coverage of the Star Wars Disney Plus series, Ahsoka. In this episode, we will be discussing what's left on this pre-season coverage and recapping The Twilight of the Apprentice and the final arc of Star Wars Rebels, the animated series on Disney Plus. If you've got feedback, you can email us to starwars@thelorehounds.com or head over to our website and use the contact form or the voicemail feature on the contact page. You can also chat with us and other Lorehounds fans on our Discord server, link in the show notes. We have dedicated channels for Star Wars, Ahsoka specifically, and all the other shows and projects we have going on. And consider subscribing to our Patreon for as little as three bucks a month. You get early and ad-free access to all of our podcasts, as well as a ton of other exclusive content. Uh, We just hit our one-year milestone. We sent out a special thank you gift to everybody. It's just been a, a really great time. So if you feel like you enjoy what we're doing and you want to support us, you know, consider subscribing. Uh, Also, stick around to the end of the podcast for more information about what we've got coming up in the months ahead. John, it's a crazy time period. We've got uh, Ahsoka, we've got Foundation, we've got Wheel of Time, which is going to be big things. And then there's some MCU stuff on the back end. Plus, we've got Properly Howard movie reviews with Steve and Anthony running. They're They're kicking off their... Um, new season of doing um, reviews of remake films. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course we've got Alicia and she is pivoting her Wolship Dust podcast to Wolship Dust does Dune. And she's talking about the entire culture of Dune uh, and around the books so that not just talking, it's not like a book club. 
It's a whole thing to get you it's ready. It's a new for, thing that she it's invented. It's very cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got the uh, part two of uh, Villeneuve's movie. And so she's talking about the whole culture and history of Dune. So that's really cool. And we're going to have more information about that at the end of the podcast. Lastly, please take a moment to rate and review. Ratings and reviews help people find us even wherever the heck Thrawn is. <laughs> wherever the purgles took him yep. Uh, yep. that that is where we will go you can find us um general purpose spoiler warning we're going to be pretty much talking about anything that's related to star wars so you know if you are sensitive to to those things you might want to consider uh going and watching the entire star wars canon and then coming back to this podcast or just ride along and we'll we'll try to give you little heads up if we think that we're going to spoil something big, but you know, Hey, it's been a long time since 1977. So <laughs> it has, it has. So. Yeah. So we are talking about the whole entirety of star Wars because Ahsoka has been around for quite a while. And David, we did our introduction to our backgrounds and to Ahsoka generally, um, on the last podcast. So we'll leave that out this episode. I think people right. probably watched, uh, they probably listened to the Clone Wars episode first. And if you haven't, go back. Uh, so this episode, we are continuing Ahsoka's journey. We last saw her leaving Mandalore uh, and burying her friends. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, right. And then leaving her lightsabers behind. There is a gap episode that I did not put in. But if you want the middle between these two things, check out Tales of the Jedi. Uh, the last episode of Tales of the Jedi, episode six, is a really great telling of what happened in the Ahsoka book, which is that she, you know, went to uh, it went into hiding. She kind of was dismissive of the whole point of anything for a mm -hmm. while. She was in her sad girl phase, as many of us have been. And then uh, an Inquisitor comes. She ends up defeating the Inquisitor and making new lightsabers. So that is what you've missed. But she shows up in Rebels, I think, at the end of season one. Uh, and all of a sudden she's back in the Star Wars world. And people, I think, were very shocked because Rebels came out before the final episode of the Clone Wars and mm -hmm. she hadn't shown up at all. She didn't have any closure other than the Ahsoka book before this. So it was a really exciting time for Star Wars fans, as I understand it. I watched Rebels later, so I didn't get the real time. But uh, it's a really great story arc she has in Rebels. It really makes her confront who she knows she makes her confront what Anakin has become mm -hmm. and it makes her take responsibility for helping undo the damage she's done. Mm -hmm. And I really like both of these arcs. I think rebels has the best character development in basically all of star Wars besides Andor, I would say. Okay. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to be talking about these. I think they're vital to understand who Ahsoka is. David, you're new to the animated stuff, although now you've pretty much watched all Rebels, right? No, I, I haven't had time. It's been busy okay. summer okay. holiday stuff. And so I, I really just had to jump into the end here. I was somewhere in um, episode two. I got to the point where... Mm, boy, yeah. Well, uh, we're 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 spoiler. For, we're full spoilers here. So it's when when Keenan got um, injured, and, right. which is what uh, we're talking about tonight. Uh, are we? Twilight yeah. Oh yeah, that is right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I I think I got up to the end here, and I didn't. I haven't started season three. Gosh, I'm so it's it's just a blur. It's a timeline I blur know. here. I know. 
Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really new to a lot of the animated stuff. I did do all of Bad Batch, um, but yeah, Rebels and Clone Wars, I'm I'm really spotty on, and I feel like so much of the modern television stuff really does come from the animated verse. And regardless of what they've done with the books and what's canon and what's legends and all of that, I just feel like there is so much lore packed into the animated verse that it is. Yeah, um, it's really central if you're a uh, if you're really into the the Star Wars franchise as a whole. These are critical things to have in part of your watching history. Right. So I think what we wanted to do with this is a lot of people haven't watched all of these and it's, it's kind of difficult. It's a commitment, consume, right? It's a, it's a lot of content. It's a lot of content. It. Now I've watched one piece, at least a quarter of it so far. So <laughs> I have zero episodes. sympathy for you. Go watch the clone wars and rebels. But <laughs> anyway, most people aren't insane like me. So yeah. they, they have, uh, they, they, they do not want to watch seven seasons of the Clone Wars and four seasons of Rebels. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's just a blur. So, yeah. So I think what we did was with with uh, the Cl- Clone Wars related Ahsoka episodes, we talked about those and then we're talking about sort of the Rebel ones. And then that this is just to give you a primer so that if you're going into Ahsoka, you've got a little bit more background and context to, to right. how she got to to where she is. So So let's do it. Yeah, let's definitely do it. I mean, Ahsoka is, is great, and and it's so exciting for her. And I think Rosario Dawson is going to be perfect. She's been great in The Mandalorian and totally. in Book of Boba Fett, which I still don't know why that was in there, but it was great <laughs> when it was. That was like the best part of the series. And the trailers are looking fire for yeah. uh, this season. So I'm I'm really hype, and uh, uh, I'm excited to um, – to be able to, yeah, to have, you know, turn out this background a little bit. Yeah. So let's get into it. Let's stop talking around it. Yeah. We should mention specifically the episodes and this will be in the show notes. Uh, but it's season two, as you were starting to say, uh, episodes 21 and 22 of Rebels. And then season four, episodes 13 through 16. Yep. That's okay. right. Although right. 15 and 16 are kind of combined. So on yeah. Disney Plus... I think it's just three episodes, but the last one is double length. But I think it aired as two separate episodes, which is why it's labeled separately. Right. And these are we have these breakdowns on the show notes and then also on the Discord server on the special channel that we have for the Ahsoka stuff. So if you want to go and and make sure that you can see these. All right, cool. So let's start with season two, episodes 21 and 22 called Twilight of the Apprentice, part one and part two on the forbidden Sith planet of Malachor. Ezra, Ahsoka, Kanan, and Chopper fall through the ground and see an underground Sith temple. Separated from the group, Ezra meets an old master who tells Ezra he's also there to gain knowledge to defeat the Sith. Old master helps Ezra open the temple by tapping into the dark side of the force, then reveals himself to be Maul. Ezra retrieves the Sith holocron and convinces Ahsoka and Kanan to work with Maul, who eventually betrays them and blinds Kanan. Kanan puts on a Jedi temple guard mask and throws Maul off the temple. When Ezra and Kanan reach the end of the temple, they learn the temple is a weapon. Just then, Darth Vader arrives after his Inquisitors have been defeated and corners Ezra. Ahsoka distracts Vader while Kanan and Ezra remove the holocron and escape. Ahsoka knocks half of Vader's mask off and sees Anakin's eye, then says she won't leave him again. Master and Apprentice deal in the crumbling temple. At the end of the episode, we see Vader and Ahsoka separately leaving the temple. 
and Ezra opening the Sith holocron. Okay, so this is a pretty big two episode um, story here. Like, yes, this is this is real pivotal for all three of these primary characters: Ahsoka, Kanan, and and Ezra. Yeah, like this is a, yeah. a major. Ahsoka conflict. disappears for two seasons, right? <laughs> Just whoop, gone. Right. Um, there's something funny that she says too at the beginning, somewhere near the beginning of this. She said, um, "There's always a bit of truth in legends." When they're when they're talking about some stuff, and I just thought, oh, isn't that a funny little line? Given that they've boxed out a whole bunch of stuff in the Star Wars worlds and call it legends. Yeah, this I believe came out the year after they did that. Okay, so, so I don't know fun. if this is a wink and a <laughs> nod, or if this is a uh, you know, if this was uh, just you know happenstance. But yeah. I thought it was uh, yeah. a, a funny comment. So. Um, yeah. And then we've got, uh, we've got, uh, uh, what's his name? Just showing up out of nowhere. (laughs) I mean, goodness, that, that was wild. This guy has more lives than most cats. Yes. Um, And can I just say the voice acting on Maul mm -hmm. is just delicious. It's so good. He just savors everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sam Witwer plays him in this and Mm -hmm. he, I believe also played him in the Han Solo movie. Okay. Oh, interesting. So they brought cool. him in to do the voice. Um, I, I know he said at one point in an interview, I think he deliberately did the voice a little bit differently from Ray Parks. Okay. He wanted it to be a darker mall after, mm. you know, a, a more sarcastic, mm-hmm. beaten down mall. Um, a we bit more jaded and a little bit right. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't cover the Cold Wars episodes where he's discovered because he gets discovered on a junk planet. Mm-hmm. And he has like spider legs and he's kind of out of his mind at the time. Okay. And he's found by Savage, his brother, who has been recruited by Dooku. Right. <laughs> and uh, Savage helps him regain his memories, helps him get normal looking robotic legs instead of spider looking robotic legs and gets Maul back to being the evil guy he always wanted to be. <laughs> Great. Uh, I have to say that he is a much better master than uh, Kanan disagree, but <laughs> <laughs> by far, he actually cares uh, about uh, training his thing. You know, oh, Kanan, so does Kanan. No, he's always telling. Uh, well, you haven't Ezra seen the second half of the series either. To you know, don't do this, don't do that. I don't know. You know, I'm famously on record of of not being a big uh, Kanan. Well, I <laughs> love Kanan. I Kanan's love Kanan. And uh, the second half of the series, he's even better once he. He does overcome the blindness thing. I mean, he's he remains blind for the rest of the season. I wish Maul would have cut off his ponytail. <laughs> well, he, he remains him. he remains blind for the rest of the se- the series, but he sort of learns to be himself with that this new disability. You know, I know mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a different experience getting a disability in the middle of life than it is being born with a sure. disability. Yeah. Right. Right. And it he kind of goes through an era where he's, he feels defeated, I think, mm-hmm. because he feels like he can't do what he used to do. But he learns to sense the force around him and to use that as sort of guiding posts. And it's a really great journey to watch. And it's one of my favorite character development pieces is learning that he can trust in the force. He can mm-hmm. let himself go and not hold himself to some arbitrary standard that he used to have. Mm-hmm. And it was it's part partly that that lets him be a better master to Ezra. Right. 
And also, I'll say, I think he was right to set boundaries around Ezra. That kid's got some dark side in him. He's Yeah, that kid is, well, I mean, he's always touching things that he shouldn't and playing right. with stuff and right. running off all, I've got a plan and I know what to do. And, mm-hmm. He yeah. did need some discipline. I do think he needed boundaries. Sure. Uh, it just, yeah, it, I guess it's the grandparent-parent uh, dilemma, right? The parent is the one that always has to run around and and right. uh, say, don't touch the hot stove, where the grandparents are like, touch the hot stove, here's some candy, go, you know. Yeah, the grandparents time. say, let the hate flow through you. That's right. You know, uh, yeah, when you're dark side, you have no rules, so you get to be the fun parent, right? That's right. Uh, but no, I, I think Maul is terrible uh, with, with what he's doing here. Of course, he blinds. Ezra, he does defeat an Inquisitor, which is fun. Uh, the Inquisitors, I didn't really mention, were chasing them the whole time. And Doesn't that happen in the next episode? Well, I'm doing them together. I'm doing. Oh, we're doing them together. together. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I guess yeah. you did do that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, if we're going to sort of talk about this, too, we got to kind of talk about the, the temple a little bit, I think. Yes. Yeah. What do you think? I think it was very... Cool. I really liked the the idea that for the Sith, there's always two, that you have to have two to get through the doors. I thought that right. was a really great uh, construction and, and very interesting. Right. Um, but I think this is the first killer. Is this the first killer planet um, that exists in, I don't know, the, like planet, not, not a constructed um, moon, but like planet, planet? Yeah, I don't know, because I feel like there were stuff in Legends that was kind of crazy. I mean, there were okay. there were giant Sith weapons in Legends, I think. Okay. I, um, I don't know about in canon, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that the High Republic people will cook something up. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, okay. Because what's Star Wars without planet-destroying without, weapons? Yes, exactly. Planet-sized killer things. Right. Um, and then I liked how – I really liked how Maul and, and uh, Ezra were using – their jump throw techniques and they really uh-huh. worked like a team. I mean, he, Maul, you know, for his nefarious purposes was really right. treating Ezra like, uh, not an equal, but he wasn't infantilizing him or setting rules around him. He was like, yeah, let's go use your powers. You know, let's, right. uh, let's see what you got. And, and when he comes up with a jump throw technique, that's right. a really great development for, for him, for Ezra to. But to when see. he, when Ezra refuses to kill an inquisitor. Yes. He all then of a sudden Maul, becomes bad cop. Yes. He's like, yeah, don't ever not do that again. <laughs> when yeah. you have the chance. He's to like, you little shit. Any. Just <laughs> don't even. Yeah. He's, he's really mad. He's really mad. Um, there were a lot of great set pieces here. Uh, I really liked, again, all the fighting was really great. Rebels has some of the best lightsaber work, I think, in the animated stuff. I thought that the uh, the fight between Ahsoka and Maul in the first, in the in the Clone Wars finale, was a little better than these. But this was a pretty close second for animated fights, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, these were really great duels. Well, the, the, part, the part two fight, yeah, was, I think, a, a, yeah, there's a lot more yeah. going on. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, especially with Ahsoka and Vader, but I'll I'll save that for a minute from now. Okay, cool. Um, the helicopter, <laughs> the <laughs> helicopter lightsaber—that's the dumbest thing I've seen in a while. That was right. that was pretty dumb, right. and I hope they don't bring that into live action because it's kind of silly. You know, you have to be really careful with it. You have to be careful with a lightsaber. Period. But yeah. you got to really be careful with a double spinning lightsaber. I mean, what if you accidentally right. nick the back of your leg or something? Right. It's like. It's crazy stuff. I believe they did have the spinny stuff in the Obi-Wan series, mm-hmm. but they didn't fly with it. And I'm okay, glad they right. didn't because yeah, it looks yeah, no, silly. It's, <laughs> it's pretty silly. Um, yeah. 
just really quick before we get into the the battle, and then we we definitely have to talk about some Ahsoka stuff here too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they really, Kanan really treats Chopper like shit. He does, and he does. and that's one of the reasons why I don't like Kanan because he's just he's just kind of a a bossy, jerky, know it all y kind of guy. And the way that he treats Chopper, I I don't really appreciate. I mean, we talk about droidism in Star Wars, you know, at large, but in this one, you know, and then when you get to the end. Chopper's saving the day and and yay, Chopper, right? He's, you know, sending distress beacons and piloting, you know, big crawler things and mm-hmm. he's doing a great job. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the way. Well, Chopper's like an asshole too. It. Let's be honest. Chopper sure, is such a jerk to everybody else. <laughs> but he's so critical to the ghost team, you know, to the, he to is. the Spectre team. You, he's you very uptight at first. You got to remember, he ran from his master. You saw him in the Bad Batch, you know. That was uh-huh. him running away in the intro to the Bad Batch. In the Ooh, first boy, episode. that was a while ago. In season so one, in the first yeah, episode of the ago. Bad Batch, when Order yeah. 66 happens, there is a uh, there, there there is a Padawan who's sent away and the Bad Batch let him go, even though uh, one of them wants to kill him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yep. that was Kanan under his previous name. Right. Right. So okay. he's living with that guilt the whole time. And because of that, he feels like one, he doesn't deserve to wield a lightsaber. He doesn't deserve to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. And two, he feels like he now needs to be uptight and help the situation at all times and be really strict about what he's doing and not have fun because he failed his master previously. Now he sure. didn't fail his master. His master told him to escape and it ensured the future of the Jedi order in some ways like training Ezra, like training Sabine in one episode. And she's not going to be a Jedi because he's not, she's not force sensitive, but you know what I mean? Yep. Well, you know, I still, I still think he's a tool, but <laughs> well, again, again, I hope you will watch the second half of the series because he, uh, he gets better. He gets yeah. Better. Well, and that's interesting when we will, we'll, I guess we'll talk about when we get there because it does jump, you jump into some stuff and, and you just have to accept at face. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't watch the preceding ep- uh, episode, right, so I right. just sort of landed in a bunch of stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, there's there's things going on here. So Right. Kanan's not going to be in the Ahsoka series. Right. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, besides the, the, the fight being pretty badass and some great visuals there and Maul killing three Inquisitors, I mean, damn. Like, this is a big deal between Ahsoka and Anakin. Right, right. This is the first this is time. The first that time. Yep. She's seen him since he's become Darth Vader, since he lost the high ground. Right, and right? she wouldn't believe. <laughs> there's an earlier episode. I don't. I don't remember if it was in this one or if it was an earlier one. But there's where Ezra is watching a holocron, where Anakin, a young Anakin, is demonstrating Jedi lightsaber techniques. Okay. And Ahsoka is like, yeah, that was my master. He was so great, and you know, you can see that she does not want to believe that he is evil Mm -hmm. and she had heard rumors i think at this point that vader was anakin skywalker Mm -hmm. but she was you know you know when something challenges your worldview so much that you just your brain won't let you accept it Mm -hmm. well that's her with this i think Mm -hmm. okay and it takes her knocking off half his mask to go oh my god that's the guy i looked up to my whole childhood is actually you right Right. yeah you know i i could kind of almost not believe it's you behind the breathing and the mask and the cape and everything like that but now that i see you eye to eye that we can actually look each other in the eye i know it's you right yeah and you got to remember we saw her leave him twice in Mm. our clone wars coverage we saw when he said please stay in the jedi order and she said you know i just can't yeah no and right and I think she was right to do that, but he felt abandoned by her then. 
And then in the Clone Wars at the end, she left to go solve the problem and they were going to make up afterwards uh, with the Mandalore problem and then never saw him again. She couldn't get in contact with him, even though she was trying. And then she probably assumed he was dead from Mm -hmm. Order 66 afterward. Mm -hmm. And then how does this jive then with um, Obi-Wan and uh, Revenge of the Sith? Where do these things line up? Um, what do you mean? Timeline wise? Yeah, because the Anakin has series? to become, become Darth Vader from the live action movies and the animated stuff. So the end of the end of the Clone Wars, the last few episodes of Clone Wars take place during Revenge of the Sith. OK, right. And that is where Anakin's becoming Vader. And then right. you see it in the last shot. He is Vader okay. when he's picking up her lightsabers. Right. OK, OK. It's hard to keep again just the timeline of of everything right. together. It can it's just like so much content, and right. we're just I'm absorbing it like real time as we're going here. So, right, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, this idea too of of um, of uh, justice and revenge and mm-hmm. Ezra yeah. and knowledge and power and. All of this sort of swirling around what the ghost crew is up to. And then, you know, they've been being hunted by Inquisitors and running from Inquisitors. They're seeking a a way to defeat the Sith. And then what they end up with is a face full of Darth Vader. (laughs) Yes. And then leaving. And then Ahsoka force pushes Ezra away as the... right big door thing closes down and then we don't know what's going to happen. Right. We're uh, right. until we, we get it. We don't, we don't know what, what happens between them walking away. Right. Right. So there's a big gap and, and it's, do we, did they know in, at the end of season two, what they were going to do for the end of season four, where we get an answer to that gap, that gap between in the fight. Yeah. You're saying, do we know if Ahsoka lives? No, we know, right? Because of of <laughs> there's a live action series, but I'm saying there's a uh, how does Ahsoka survive the fight with Vader? We don't right. know that. Oh no, I that's what I meant. Like in between, yeah. in between. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's this whole thing. I mean, I think it's plausible. Vader's got the armor. He gets out. Um, Ahsoka is a little harder. Yeah, and, and Vader's at the height of his power, right? He's right. he is a, uh, a super badass. So I mean, Ezra was dead if Ahsoka didn't come there right then. He mm-hmm. was just dead. Yeah, he completely. He was getting force choked and he was out. He was done. No uh, doubt. They, they've done a great job using Vader sparingly in all of these series mm-hmm. yeah. and movies and just having him come in when you need a huge big bad who's just right. going to kick your ass. And terrifying. Right. Yeah. Because when he, he comes really in. He's a monster. He's, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So this. So and I'm, now I'm just trying to think about Ahsoka a little bit and her arc and her development. Um, you know, confronting her master, but also at the same time, there's all this mysterious force stuff that the story is is giving us. And there's guilt, you know, there's this guilt of I left you and now I can't leave you again. She goes, Mm -hmm. I won't leave you again. And then, but at the same time, we have knowledge. We have this holocron thing. We've got, you know, you know, uh, is is this revenge or justice that we're dealing with? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things I really like about Ahsoka, and you see this in some the beginnings of this, I think, or the develop uh, a further development of this from the end of the Clone Wars of her arcs in the Clone Wars stuff, 
is that she's starting to rise above a bunch of this stuff and being a little bit more remote in some ways. More or, more like Obi-Wan when he puts his lightsaber up and lets Vader strike him down. Right. Without right. yeah, yeah. Like he there's there's some greater wisdom that is starting to develop within her. Right. And I think we start to see it here that she's a way more power. If she can go toe to toe with Vader, she's powerful. Yeah. I mean, right. I think by the time you get to Rebels, she feels more like a Jedi sage rather than mm. rather than this newly minted knight, not even knight who was mm-hmm. just a Padawan at the end of the Clone Wars. Right. I, I think I like that idea of this sage-like quality for her. Yeah. I mean, and the robe that she wears, uh, mm-hmm. all that. I, I really love her Rebels look. I think that's my favorite look she's had so far in the animated series. Right. And then when we see her in The Mandalorian, she is very sagey. She's off in the woods and she's dealing with this very esoteric uh, conflict where, you know, she's trying to find Thrawn. Right. So, um, right. yeah. So it's, it's it's cool stuff. Yeah. And this was just a visually, I think the animation in this these two episodes was superb. The lighting was amazing. Yeah, they, it was. Yeah. The temple, there were scenes, there was this great overhead shot. When between the two episodes break, where they come back into the second part of the, the episode, part two of it, and they have this overhead shot of the three Inquisitors, Maul, and the three uh, ghost crew, and just the lightsabers in the dark. It was just so good. So nice. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I thought it was great. What did you think of Ezra opening the Sith holocron at the end? Um, I thought it was interesting. I thought, um, I get annoyed when things have to self-destruct. Does every evil secret layer have to self-destruct? It just seems like yeah. a, a basic yeah. trope. I get um, the, it was very, I don't know. Uh, it was very mustache twirly, you know, the voice, uh, power, uh, you can control me to destroy things. I oh, like, I meant, okay. I meant the holocron at the end the, uh, the actual, Oh, I thought you said it when out, he was acting. I meant you when he was, when yeah, he yeah. Activating yeah, we the, can the blow plan. past the whole yeah. blow up the base. Super Everybody weapon. knows. Yep. Yep. Right. Uh, but the but the knowledge at the end, how he he taps into the dark side and he opens the Sith holocron. I'm trying to remember the exact scene. Uh, it, maybe it just kinda just me a little bit. It kind of just shows him red glow from the holocron right. opening right. it up. And it foreshadows Ezra's gonna go to the dark side a little bit. And I thought that that was really appropriate in some ways because Ezra is so headstrong. He's young. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a lot of things he can be angry about, about what happened. He's got a lot in fall. common with Anakin, right? Exactly. Uh, I don't know about his midichlorian count is, but uh, <laughs> in, in terms of, you know, his planet and his parents and, and he's seen, I mean, geez, for a boy of that age to be involved in that many fights that's a lot of (laughs) that's a lot of drama yeah that's a lot of near-death experiences yeah um and so why wouldn't you in that position when you're confronted with that immensity of power why wouldn't you think it as a solution to your um, your problems and your issues poor jabba (laughs) <laughs> He's always calling himself Jabba. Here's my complaint. If you want a secret name, why would you pick? He explicitly says, I'm Jabba the Hut at some yes. point. Why would Hutt. you pick a very obvious, well-known crime family? Oh, man. <laughs> Not a smart one. Not yeah. a smart one. Yeah. Yeah. And so. and I, I love when, when Maul's like, 
okay, Jabba, come on. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, all right, fine. (laughs) And you're just wandering around this old Sith temple planet and you run into some old master and you just trust him. Sure, you know, let's let's team up. Got no other (laughs) options. You're stuck in the middle of nowhere. Can't open the door. Oh, man. So... Yeah. Uh, Old there, master. <laughs> yeah. What's this? What was the line? Who said this line to Jedi and a part-timer? Was that? Uh, that was Maul. Yeah. I, that he, was Maul. He called, so he called Ahsoka good. a part-timer. I love that. I loved that. I thought that was hilarious. Maul's got the so, best lines. Yeah, he does. Uh, I, I kind of, I kind of have, you know, I didn't have a great opinion of him from the movies because we only got him first, you know, because he, he was just, such an... He, uh, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. He's not developed at all in the movie. No, but it, and now, now that I'm I'm learning about him more and and what's going on, I I, I definitely appreciate him in this arc because he's jaded, he's pissed, yeah. and he's willing to to you know do anything and and kill anyone. He's and he chaotic evil, people. right? Yes, totally. He's chaotic yeah. evil compared yeah. to the lawful evil that lawful. the emperor is. Right. And uh, I love it. I, I, I loved him seeing uh, seeing him kick ass on, on three Inquisitors, no less. Yeah, he's great. So. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Rebels. Let's wrap up this arc. Let's go to season four, episode 13, A World Between Worlds. And this is going to start our End of Rebels arc. I don't know if there's a name for it, but I'm just going to call it the End of Rebels arc. Okay. With Ezra inside the Jedi Temple on Lothal, Sabine is questioned by an Imperial named Haydn, who asks her to interpret the art featuring the three Mortis figures. Sabine realizes the Emperor wants to to use the temple to gain power over the universe. Sabine figures out how to close the temple and is rescued by the crew. Ezra walks the world between worlds and sees Ahsoka's owl, Convor, who leads him to a portal showing Ahsoka's duel with Vader. Ezra pulls her out of the fight in time to save her from a killing blow. He wants to save Kanan too, but after learning that it would kill the rest of the crew, he decides to let him rest. Ahsoka goes back to the portal Uh, to the temple after it's crumbling and Ezra leaves the temple. Ezra triggers the temple's collapse and comes to terms with Kanan's death. A lot here. So, so you're, are you happy? Are you happy he died? Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we get into my, uh, my Cheyenne fraud, Cheyenne fraud uh, about Kanan, I do have to lore check you quickly. Okay. Um, The um, uh, Convor, the owl creature, uh-huh. the, its name is Morai, oh, oh, okay, and its convor okay. is the species. Hey. Well, that's just stupid. It's an owl. Hey. Shut up, George Lucas. I, uh, Shut up, George Lucas. W- Wikipedia in my pocket. I got. I uh, I do All a little right, research. So Ahsoka's convor, <laughs> Morai. Yes. Right. Okay. Fair enough. I appreciate the lore check, and uh, <laughs> now let's. Get I, to well, your I feel good because I like you did I, it. I, I you actually did. I know something. It. Yes. Now, uh, go ahead. Yes. Relish, relish a wonderful man's death. 
Go ahead. I was shocked because get the feedback just, in here, guys. <laughs> it's you know, look, I thought Joel was a monster from The Last of Us. I think Kanan's a tool. Write in Star Wars at the lorehounds.com. You know, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> um, what's the meme? Fight me or whatever it is, or or convince yeah. me I'm wrong. The guy in the typewriter. Oh, yeah. On the, yeah. You know, so, uh, dude, what this episode was a trip because I didn't yes. watch. Well, I have no idea what's going on because I haven't gotten that far right. yet in Rebels. And right. I just drop in. I'm like, what the actual F is going on? Spinning yeah, 12, 12 is just them getting to the temple. So I skipped okay. that on my, I, you know, we got to we gotta reduce the amount of episodes yeah. we're making people watch. It's because the important to the part is here that Ezra is in this world between worlds and he changes Ahsoka's fate. Right. Or does he change her fate or did he just he plays a part in her fate? Good question. Um, no one has ever explained the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. It has not been visited in any other medium. And Dave it's Filoni has real, not explained what it is, really. Yeah. Real timey wimey here. It's real wibbly wobbly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And it was a trip just to drop into it. I'm curious to see, to know. I, I haven't had a chance, you know, to go searching the YouTubes and things like that. But how many Easter eggs are in the backgrounds of the scenes? Mm-hmm. Little little portals and things like that with other other different little symbols and things. Um, well, you know, you even have the the painting, the the three Mortis figures. Mm-hmm. That's a callback to a Clone Wars arc where they were on this planet that was the force itself. Like it was a planet okay. made of the force. And okay. there was the father, the son, the daughter. The father was balanced. The daughter was the light. The son was the darkness. And so, that was a whole arc with Anakin. Ahsoka was there too. Obi-Wan. Okay. Sounds and like a pretty important one. It has no impact on the story. I'm going to be okay. honest with you. But it's really cool. I like it a lot. Some people hate it because it's very like mystical and people don't like when Star Wars gets that wibbly wobbly like this. People mm-hmm. criticize the world between worlds a lot because they are upset that there's this much power within the force. Right, right. And then uh, I, I don't know who wrote what when, but it it gets very um, – you can't help but the vi- getting the vibes from Song of Ice and Fire with the, uh, you know, the, the the seven, the religion of the seven, you know, the father mm-hmm. and, and all yeah. of that stuff. Um, and speaking of vibes, I couldn't help – there was a lot of Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes in this with, you know, evil Mm -hmm. forces at a temple site trying to open and access things. And then I got some very strong um, Saving Private Ryan vibes like having to deal with this, you know, I've got to live a good life now because my master sacrificed himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, spoilers for saving private Ryan, but you know, does do you, do you, can you live a good life when other people have you know, gone out of their way, put their lives on the line to, you know, make right. it so that you can live right. and get out of this situation. And, and Kanan did sacrifice. I, I liked the choice he got, right. It was, yeah. Okay. Well, Kanan sacrificed himself to save you. You pull him out of there and that's that you can't, you can't live and have Kanan. You got to choose the lives of four people over one. It's the trolley problem almost. Yeah, totally. And I think what is important here is, is that it's Ahsoka who delivers the the wisdom of the moment here. Right. She's the one, he's all hot and ready to go. And it's Ahsoka who is sort of the cool, calm, reflected Kanan. Understand that if you do this, then these are the consequences. Right. And she is the, mm-hmm, what is it? The, she, 
I, I don't want to say she's like a midwife in this situation. I think that's a little too much, but she is the one that's there to allow, to, to counsel Ezra and allow him the- She's kind the, of his spirit guide. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, to, to, to be able to appreciate and, and, and see the lesson for what it is. And again, I think that just goes into that, this deeper groove that they're putting Ahsoka into is this, as you say, sage position. If right. she wasn't there, he would have made a different decision. He yeah. had to make the decision on his own, but she's the one who had to stand there and say, "Think, dude, think about it for a second. Right. But see, I that that's something else I really like about the writing of this show is that uh-huh. Ezra has grown a lot, but he's still a hot-headed kid. Totally. <laughs> and he still makes mistakes. And that's great that they haven't done a complete 180 on him because that's a much right. more natural development. Right. It's, he can he's now moving. take advice. That's that's where he's at now. He can take nice. advice now. That, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. He's it's an incre- there's incremental change going on here. As opposed to hey, hey, it's 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 a I was gonna say it's a Disney princess ending, but it is a Disney and you know, um it's a Disney <laughs> right. owned property. But yeah, they're they're not going with the cheap, hey, let's get it done and everybody's yeah. happy at the end. Yeah. So the question I have is, is Ezra mature enough and has Ezra avoided the dark side enough mm-hmm. to resist temptation to the dark side when he's stuck with Thrawn for 20 years? Right. Well, that's, yeah, that's a big question, right? And that's the thing right. that they're not dripping, they're not telling us anything about. Right. Right. We've seen, so they've basically recreated a bunch of these scenes in the last episode, and I'll, I'll get to when we get there. It seems like they've recreated some of them in the trailer. Of okay. the live action series. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I was just noticing that when I was rewatching this. I said, oh, I've seen this recently. <laughs> and we've basically got live action of all the surviving ghost crew, right? We've in, right. in the trailer, we see Sabine, we see um, uh, Hera, Hera, we see yep. uh, Chopper, and uh, in in, um, in Mandalorian, Mandalorian, we, we saw Zeb, right? Zeb, Zeb, we'll get to it when we get to the last episode, but Zeb does have his own adventure, so I could see them leaving him out. But mm-hmm. I don't think that they will because they just did him in Mandalorian. They've seeded him. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they've seeded now live action all of the right. ghost crew except yeah. for. Uh, well, we'll get there. I have a. I have some. I have some teeth gnashing to do. When we get to the for, last episode. Except for. Okay, now yes. I'm really curious who you're going to say. Uh, yeah. Um, I have to. Okay, a couple of things about this episode uh, okay. too. Um, Malcolm McDowell does the voice of Minister Varys Hayden. Who is it? Malcolm McDowell. I don't know who that is. Oh, dude. <laughs> he I, played. Tell uh, me what he plays. Yeah. yeah. What his famous role was in. Uh, one of his most famous roles was in um, A Clockwork Orange, playing the bad guy in A Clockwork Orange. Okay. And he has been in oh, so many movies and TV shows. He was um, um, a lot of bad guy stuff. Star Trek Generations was a great one that he was in. Um, I'm trying to think here of anything else that you may have seen. He's just a, he's a good bad guy. Uh, very, uh, uh, he was in Caligula. That's another, that's another old man movie that you probably missed. Um, I've heard the name and that's it. <laughs> yeah. I'm scrolling through his filmography here and I'm just going, nope, 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 nope. You would have seen that's all right. any that's of right. these I movies. believe you. He's iconic. <laughs> He is. And I heard his voice and I was like, I know that voice. I know that voice. And I had to do a bunch of uh, internet digging. And then yet, lo and behold, it was Malcolm McDowell, which is a huge get. Uh, He's a, he's a legit big star. 
Right. Um, there was a line too about, uh, you know, he who controls the, the whatever extra dimensional space, you know, controls the universe. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it just made me think of a Dune quote, which is he who controls the spice controls the universe and just, you know, a it's nice true. tropey line. It's true. You know. it, it gets spicy in Dune. Yeah. And then uh, there was a question I had with Palpy uh, when he's shooting blue flames at them and trying to capture mm-hmm. them in the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. There's a weird, did you know, I, I don't know if you would have noticed this. There's a weird insignia on his chest that looks like some paint splotches. Oh, I, I didn't don't know look. If that has look. any significance. If anybody knows if, if that's just some costume design stuff that they threw on there or if there was some, some significance to that sort of little insignia. I'd yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Interesting. Well, um, did you like Sabine solving the puzzle with art? Yeah, she's. They really got her as this cool character, right? She's a she's a cool badass. Art, you know. If it were a different show, she might be riding a skateboard, you know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. And Ezra has a huge crush on her, of course, through basically she, well, the whole series. Yeah, she's uh, she's a boy she is she's got it all right artist <laughs> you know battle hardened uh has a jetpack you know why not why not only accidentally her? committed genocide on her own people but it's fine it's fine <laughs> right, it's fine uh goodness so yeah and then the, i thought it was really interesting too since i was watching these episodes back to back to see how ezra interfere interfere whatever he was part of the timeline of her rescuing her from vader so that was a really interesting reveal there whoa like wait a minute what you know and then when she goes back yeah and then that connects to the scene of her walking away from the temple and vader right in the other direction and you're like how did they that what exactly exactly they, they had to have that story plotted out i'm guessing i'm also glad that they did not fake out her death they yes. showed you right away that she was right. still alive. Yeah. Because I thought she was where she die. is for two seasons. Right. But right. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Let's go to the next episode and we can continue discussing all these things. Yeah. Uh, this is season four, episode 14 of Fool's Hope. The crew of the ghost recruit pirate captain Hondo Onaka. You finally got to see Hondo. Yeah. I got to see. Well, I've, I saw Hondo in some previous episodes. So okay. Yes. I, okay. I, I know who he is by this time and, right. and I was happy to see him. Okay, so they recruit Hondo, clones Rex, Gregor, Wolf, and Mandalorian Ketsu to liberate Lothal. Ezra has a vision of Theron's return and insists on an immediate rebellion. Ryder, the former governor and part of the rebellion, contacts Governor Price and betrays the rebels. Price attacks the rebels who reveal that this was actually a trap set by Ryder. Hera arrives with reinforcements and Ezra is aided by the Lothwolves. They capture the Imperials and prepare to complete the liberation. I will say, stop naming every animal on Lothal, Loth Wolf, Loth whatever. <laughs> Loth Just cats. stop that. Yeah. It's very, it's very clumsy. Um, quickly, uh, to have Ryder Azadi played by Clancy Brown, the voice actor, that's another big get. So I was really blown away by some of the names that they have. Right now. Hmm? <laughs> I'm gonna Google this right now. I see. Oh, Clancy Brown, yeah, big, big guy, big name, been just a, a working actor, just been in so I many. I see Shawshank things. Redemption, yeah, okay, all yeah, right, he's been uh, in it all. Highlander, like. yeah, he's oh, yeah. he oh, is, he even Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. That's crazy. He, he's done a <laughs> lot of voice work, surprisingly. So, yeah, yeah, so that was another. I was like, wait, I know that voice. Oh, yeah, Clancy Brown. So, and I have to say, I fell for the ruse. 
They got me. You did. I totally did. thought that. that I, I did uh, too, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, the first time I watched it, mm-hmm. yeah, because he did seem like kind of a slimy guy. He did seem like totally he was ready fe- to yeah. go. Totally. Yeah. So this this uh, episode really is a, a kind of a bridge episode. I, I didn't feel like there yeah. was a lot of. Yeah, we don't have to talk about this one long. No, I've got. Uh, there's just a bunch of little things I I did enjoy in this. I love the repurposed walker. Mm-hmm. Um, that had the big landing platform on it. Um, I was a little surprised that uh, um, Hera is a general. Like they just hand out general titles like candy. She was made general a bit earlier when she 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 did do a lot. She did do a lot All for right. the rebellion. General's uh, big. I know, I know, but you know, you got to have a few. You can't just have one, <laughs> right? Um, I love Zeb going all Jesse the Body Ventura with the heavy gun right out of Predators, you know, just blah, 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 blasting everybody. That that, that was very cool. Um, the lot of recycled gambits here, sneaking into uh, into a planet with, a, you know, nestled up to another ship. That's a very, you know, typical Star Wars thing to do. Yep. Um, the <laughs> the violence, though, with the wolves, that was crazy with the dire wolf. Creatures that was wolves. pretty violent for a kid's show. Whoa, man. Yeah. That was that was yeah. rough. So rough, rough. Um, yeah. Rough. <laughs> and speaking of rough, we have Rook. Rook? I don't even know. <laughs> Rook. It's this, like it's it's almost like Yiddish, you know? It's Rook. Yeah, and I didn't really, you know, I thought about it. It's the savage, the sidekick savage, kind of a Lone Ranger Tonto kind of thing where, yeah, and I just thought he was, a that was a very one-dimensional evil character, but that, that they made him to be this, you know, um, multi-dexterous creature. I don't know. I, I He, he I, shows he up throughout a few scratcher. arcs. I think, I think okay. if you just see him here, he's kind of confusing, but he does, he does show up a bunch of times. He's very scary. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so so this is not his only stint in Rebels. So okay. just leave him be. Just leave right. him be. You don't just need let, him too much. All right, us. fair enough. And Hondo, boy, he has a lot of love for Ezra. That was shocking. he does. He does. Uh, there's this moment where I think you might you might have seen it already. I think it might be in an early season where Ezra betrays him to yes. take his own stuff back. I mean, Ezra's fair about it, but he. I think Hondo goes. I've never been more betrayed and more proud. <laughs> very I fatherly sort yeah. of pretty, yeah totally yeah i like Hondo right. a lot cool uh and then i think this final episode too doesn't have a lot it doesn't have a lot of ahsoka in it either so it doesn't but it, but it sets up the whole rest of the crew so we gotta talk about it okay right yeah i was yeah. wondering that's what i i figured we were doing because it does set up for what we're for right. what's going to happen in ahsoka right, right. the ending i, is, I is might not have included this if we did not have um, a confirmation that this is basically Rebel season five. So you got to right. know where Rebels ended <laughs> so that you can watch this. Uh, they, we know that everybody's coming back. We know that the search for Ezra is going to be a central piece of the show. We got to find out why we're looking for Ezra. Right. And so here we are. Uh, season four, episodes 15 through 16, Family Reunion and Farewell. I uh, have combined them into one summary, but I separated out the end narration that we'll talk about separately. The Rebels seize control of the Imperial base. Rook, having escaped the Rebels, disables the planetary shield generator. The Rebels evacuate the Imperial soldiers from the command center, but Thrawn thanks them for giving him a clear shot and threatens to bomb civilians unless Ezra surrenders himself. Ezra sneaks away from the Rebels to give himself up, leaving Mart with a secret mission and the Rebels trying to reactivate the shields. 
Thrawn introduces Ezra to the Emperor, who appears in his Chancellor form and tempts Ezra to open the world between worlds and save his parents. Ezra refuses, the Rebels reactivate the shields, and Thrawn and Ezra are finally face-to-face. Just then, Mart's mission succeeds in summoning the Purgles, who destroy the Imperial fleet and take hold of Thrawn's Star Destroyer. The crew of the Ghost ask Ezra to escape, but he stays with Thrawn and makes sure that they get taken somewhere out of reach by the Purgles. The Rebels succeed in blasting the command center into space and ending the occupation of Lethal. This was a very emotional sequence. I actually, I, I got a little choked up almost when, oh, when, did he's, you? when he's going. I, I mean, first of all, I did the whole journey with them. I watched the four seasons before I got to this. But I remember right, getting yeah. choked up when he's he's like, it's all up to you now. You know, it's it's very like he's he's making sure it happens. I'm not sure exactly why he needed to go when the purgles were already there. But mm-hmm. I guess if I'm going to make the best argument, it's that sure he's going to Thrawn's going to get taken away. But do you know that Thrawn's going to be not able to get back because you need somebody there to police him to keep him in exile? Yeah, and you need somebody to the way I took it was that you needed somebody to keep him in check while you're jumping into space. Yeah. Yeah. Because he kept escaping. Right. That's true. So that's, that's true. what I thought that was that was he needed to 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 yeah. be there. And then it's of course very poetic because it mirrors his master's journey um with Kanan. Right. You know, and and as he says in the episode before, you know, that's the less or, you know, as as Ahsoka points out to him, that's the lesson. He found a place where he needed to put himself into harm's way. And it was him and only, you know, that person in that moment had to be the fulcrum for for that situation. So Right. Nobody else could do it. I, I really liked the moment where Sabine sees what Ezra is doing and helps him escape because she knows he's doing the right thing, but that Mm -hmm. they won't let him. They have a really nice moment there. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is a really long episode, too. Uh, I think it was like 45 minutes. Yeah, because uh, this was the two episodes combined, I think. Yeah, and I just watched it as one as one thing. So, yeah, it was really – it was quite long. Um, I don't know. Uh, just some random things about the episode. When they were terrorizing Governor Price with the wolves, <laughs> like that was like <laughs> – Yeah. It was brutal. You know, yeah. talking about, you know, the big wolves and stuff like this is, this is crazy. It's not great. Also, one of them might be Kanan's spirit for some yeah, time. It's exactly. a, yeah, exactly. The doom, that it's, whole thing. It's not very sporting of the, the quote unquote rebels. No. Um, the fake no. prisoner gambit, again, more recycled, blah, blah, you know, very, very yawny. Um, and yeah, I was, there was just a lot of little things that they left in there. I, I've become less activated by it but when i see it it's still i mean they were in the command center and yeah. which is right for out of 77 and the shield generator again all very 77 stuff ah, so because we like it we like it and we want more I, of it. i don't i i want new so, fresh stuff so well we did get some new fresh stuff i really loved when they're in this weird chamber and the, the emperor shows up looking like yeah. he did as mm-hmm. Chancellor Palpatine, Chancellor, yeah. you know, this sweet old man, the mm-hmm. same way he approached Anakin, he's approaching Ezra. I think you can see a ton of parallels between them. And he's like, yeah, I've done this before. Let me let me open up the teenager playbook again and we'll figure out how to get these kids are excited. <laughs> right. If Anakin annoys me, I'm going to put this kid in a suit. And so it's not only this, the the lesson that he learned with Ahsoka, which is, you know, he you, 
there's certain things you can't or shouldn't change about the past. Right. Um, but, and then he, he does learn it. He activates that lesson in this moment. And then he activates the other lesson again, which we just talked about, which is he's got to be the one it's his fate to, you know, to, to make yep. sure that Thrawn is, is taken away. So I thought that that whole thing with Palpatine was, it was nicely done. And when he runs through him to see uh, Palpatine, you know, sort of from chancellor to yeah, yeah. evil emperor. The, the flickering glitch, is so good. It's perfect. Yeah. So. Yeah, that it like gives me chills thinking about that scene with the yeah. with the chancellor flickering. Love it, absolutely love it. And I like how he he makes that mature decision. He's like, all right, well, I already have this choice with Kin, and I know it's going to be the same thing here. You got to leave people to rest. You can't just keep right. taking them out. I guess we'll just make an exception for Ahsoka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I wanted to also mention the Purgles did show up in the Mandalorian next to yes. Mando and Grogu's ship when they were flying yep. through hyperspace. So that was a fun little Easter egg within the Mandalorian. So, right, this is all, all of this stuff is just, uh, they're laying track work. And in fact, I just uh, noticed, um, let's see, Pawson90 on our Discord, like literally as we we're recording this, posted mm. a link to an Ahsoka um, little mini documentary that ah. Disney just uh, put out and it's on YouTube. There's a link to the YouTube there and it's talking about the whole, um, back George behind- Lucas coming back to console. Yeah. A, a bunch of behind the scenes stuff, rebel stuff and Mandalorian stuff. So it's, uh, I'm excited to watch this, but yeah, they, they really did set up a live action rebels, right? So they've, they, yes, they brought did. in all the key things. So. I'm really glad too, because, when I finished Rebels, I felt, all right, that's an ending, but didn't feel like the end. It felt mm-hmm. like there was more, more, way in front of more. Me, yeah. You, know? you, you just like, you just jumped away with Thrawn, one of the best bad guys that you could ever have. And like, yeah, with a bunch of space but whales. Like, think the about hell? the impact, though, that Ezra had by taking Thrawn out of the equation of the Oof. Battle of Endor. Right. They yeah, might have yeah, lost right. the Battle of Endor if Thrawn right. was there because he's right. a much better tactician than the Emperor. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Uh, Emperor Halpy is distracted with Luke on the Death Star 2, and you've got Endor on the ground where the <laughs> the stormtroopers are having a terrible time. Yeah. Would the Ron have been able to lead them to victory on the ground at least? Yeah. Would he have and been able to keep the Empire going without the Emperor? Interesting. It's a it's a it's a really because even when we're thinking of of um uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, when the movie came out, none of this was in existence yet. This is right. all sort of new stuff. Right. So, uh, yeah, I sometimes don't cross connect these properties. That That's a really good question. Yeah. No, I think uh, uh, he would have he would have cleaned up. He would have mopped up the Empire. Would have been a lot harder, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Would have been a lot more sure. casualties. So um, and what's our with us for Ahsoka, right? We see her walking in her and Sabine, like they're going to go off and do something. Yeah. Then so it, seems th- like- it looks like it looks like let's, let me read this last uh, bullet point. Cause that's going to have okay. the narration. And then we'll talk about what we saw in the Ahsoka trailer. Okay. Uh, so Sabine narrates the aftermath of the siege. She says the empire began crumbling that Hera fought in the battle of Endor and later had her son with Kanan named Jason Sindula. Okay. Alice and Zeb visited the new Lasat homeworld. Uh, Sabine protected Lethal right. for a time, then decided to seek out Ezra. In the last shot of the series, she meets Ahsoka to continue searching for him. I think they recreated that shot. 
I think it's, okay. it's basically just a live action version of that shot where they're across from each other. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka's in mm-hmm. the in the robe. Uh, and and I'm really excited that they started it off like that. They're really telegraphing to us. You want more rebels here? We we got your rebels. Yeah. Now the question is: Is did they go off and do some stuff, or is this is the scene that we see in the trailer that timeline from the end of Rebels? Here, you saying they recreated the shot? Did they do that just as a visual style? Oh, I didn't get that. That was the end together? of Rebels. Uh, Sabine had Sabine had a uh, um, a haircut. A haircut. She has yeah, a much, yeah, yeah. Right. a much shorter haircut uh, at the end, and it matches her haircut in Ahsoka. So I'm, what I'm saying, are these the same timelines, or are they just using similar visuals? I think it's the same timeline, and wow. I think that even in Rebels, it's later. It's wow. later than the Rebels timeline, right, because okay. she just right. recapped Endor and says, I protected Lothal for a time. We don't know right. how long. Yeah, exactly. They left right. that there's open. A, there's a, a wave hands uh, period of time passed. Yeah. Right. And then she's got a haircut signaling the, the passage of time. Interesting. And then Ahsoka shows back up. I think we are we are picking up at right that there. shot. That's very cool. I like that. Yeah. I can respect that. Uh, what I, I cannot so. respect is Spectre 7. <laughs> Spectre 7? What's wrong the with kid! that? The kid! The kid! It's just like, oh, we. I don't know if you lived through the babification of all of our heroes when scooby-doo had a little scrappy-doo and and scrappy-doo is the best don't even bad mouth scrappy-doo oh dude we're gonna fight (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, i grew up with scooby-doo too but i came with the newer scooby-doo which uh, came with scrappy right away sarcastic funny love them they did this thing where they took all these characters and then they made baby versions of them. And so when they cut to to Hera's kid and he's like, yeah, I'm a pilot. I just, oh <laughs> man, I just couldn't stand it. Well, um, too bad because you're probably going to get like a teenage Jason oh, now. That's going to happen. All right. Well, so I guess it's canon that uh, Kanan and Hera were- Had a child, yeah. Had a child. So you know what that means. Um, yeah, they were yeah. together the whole time. That was pretty explicit. It, it it didn't seem like it at times. There were times where I was like, "Really? Are they together?" It, it gets more so. explicit towards the end. Okay, well, yeah, yeah probably yeah. episodes I I haven't got caught yeah. up, caught up to yet. Sabine gets a lightsaber. She does. She had the dark saber for a time. Yeah, but that's so. like a little different. I mean, she gets a proper lightsaber when they escape the thing. So, are they are they telling us that she's force sensitive? That she's going to train? Well, she has Ezra's light? lightsaber. Is Oh, the new one, right? Not the yeah. not the pistol one, but the yeah, yeah. The I think she has his new lightsaber. Okay, um, I she's not force sensitive. I think that's been made pretty clear because okay. Kanan trained with her a lot in a certain arc of Rebels. Okay, okay. So she's okay. not force sensitive, but he did teach her how to fight like a Jedi. Okay, so she's as got much a little as skill. you can. Right. Yeah, she can she can wield a lightsaber. She's not force sensitive. I think uh, there's been discussion of why don't non force sensitive people wield white lightsabers. And the answer usually given Get is, <laughs> well, yeah, damn arm off. <laughs> I, I think the idea is it's a very precise weapon. Yes. It goes very quick. Yeah. And if you're not force sensitive, you're not going to be able to have the sensor, the sensory patterns to deflect other lightsabers and to deflect, you know, blaster bolts and whatnot. So well, I don't you know. Just, I don't know. just even swinging the damn thing around, you know, if you accidentally brush yourself, you're going to give yourself a haircut. So, right. But what's cool in that arc is that Sabine is trained by Kanan and Kanan says, stop trying to fight like me, start Mm. fighting like a Mandalorian. Mm. And she starts to use her jetpack. She starts to use uh, the grapple hook and things like that. So she she sort of incorporates that into her lightsaber style 
or dark saber style at the time and that is what unlocks it for her so i'm okay. excited to see if they bring that into live action now uh and of course we have the mysterious orange lightsabers coming in yes. in the trailer as well uh, unfortunately yes. we lost one of the actors already oh uh, really he passed away he passed away oh, no. since filming yeah yeah the oh. man the older okay. man yeah i'm looking at a picture yeah. of him like literally right now yeah he passed away a few months ago oh whoa whoa okay well yeah yeah it's a bummer that's, yeah, that's it is. It is. He's a he's a well known actor. Apparently, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I haven't seen him in anything. I don't that recognize I know him. Of, yeah, I but yeah, him he uh, he's apparently very popular, and it's a big shame. Okay, all right. A uh, couple of uh, last little details. They, um, I like how uh, writer Azadi uh, pretends to be Yularen, um, the ISB. Yeah, yeah. Colonel Ularen. Yeah. I don't know if you heard that confer- confirming That's it fun. baked order. Yep. Um, and then what's the deal with this shaggy haired kid? What's his name? Um, I don't even remember where he's from. He's. I think he might have been on Lethal, but I don't remember. They, it just makes me think of Luke. Me. He's just a total stand-in for yeah, for Luke yeah. Skywalker. Just kind of there, kind of uh, naive, kind of just oh, let's yeah. go do the right thing. I got my secret mission. Yeah. yeah um, but and and that fits because uh, Ezra is just Anakin, I think. Right, He's very Anakin. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. Well, well, that was a a, a lot. Uh, it's been a really interesting ride, and I'm I'm pretty psyched to see what they do with this episode. I had six episodes, man, like for the season, it feels too short. I, I I don't feel like that's enough. Just because I want the content, you know, I just want the visuals, I want the characters, I, I want the stories. Yeah, so eight episodes. We're going into it. This is pretty exciting. I, I have a lot of hopes for this show. I'm. I don't feel nervous from what I've seen of the trailers. Uh, if I if I allow my fear to control me, maybe <laughs> the dark side. You. That's right. Um, uh, then yeah, then I'll start having some hate to throw around. But I am super super excited for this and, me too um, me too as soon as i heard about it i was like we got to cover this it's gonna be I, so good rodario dawson rosario R- dawson rodario rodario sorry that's just my you know we've <laughs> long <laughs> long podcast tongue-tiedness I know, um I know. rosario dawson just i think she's just perfect for this the visuals look amazing i i just can't i i'm i'm really really hyped yep yep all right david we've got some feedback Yes, we do. Uh, we have a bunch of feedback, don't we? We do. We do. Uh, so I've pulled up the document with our feedback. First up, and by the way, if you want to send in feedback, starwarsatthelorehounds.com or just go to thelorehounds.com and you can send in a contact form entry or a voicemail. However, today we've got a few. One from Marilyn Arpukila, our favorite Tolkien scholar, who joins us on Star Wars pretty often lately. So he says, hi, guys, if you have time during your episode to Ahsoka retrospective, I'd love to have a quick outline about Death Watch. I know it has to do with the Mandalorians and a civil war and Maul. I'm not sure how Ahsoka ties in with it all, but I know she's in there somewhere. We don't have time to watch all the Clone Wars episodes. We've been finishing up Ahsoka episodes in the Clone Wars, having now seen all of Rebels, and we can't wait for your pod episodes. All the best, Marilyn. So I think she wrote this before we did episode one. Right. And I wrote her a long email back about Death Watch. Right. Uh, so I've answered her in detail. But essentially, Death Watch is is the set of Mandalorians that was fighting under Maul in the last episodes that we were talking about. Right. Um, we had Bo-Katan was part of Death Watch. Death Watch under Maul killed Satine, her sister, 
because Maul not to was be confused to... with Sabine. Yep, yep, yeah. Mandalorian names. What are you gonna do? But uh, it was to bait Obi Wan to Mandalore. Didn't work, and or I guess he showed up, but he failed to save her. And um, so Bo-Katan left Death Watch, helped the uh, Republic forces retake Mandalore and ousted Death Watch. Death Watch was originally a cult that was formed on the moon of Concordia, uh, which is where warlike Mandalorians were exiled during the period when Satine was ruling and was a pacifist and was not tolerating their nonsense. He was a no-nonsense person, a no-nonsense ruler. I hope that helps. Yep, hopefully. Um, yeah, I think it's, I don't know how important it's going to be for, for this storyline, but certainly it's a Mandalorian related storyline. So I'm, I'm hoping we get a break from the Mandalorians. I'm going to be honest. Really? I, I okay. think uh, I've had enough of them for now. I would okay. like to see more Switch focus on the Rebels crew. Okay. The only Mandalorian I want to see in the series is Sabine. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm, I don't disagree with that. I'm ready yeah. for, yeah, to, to shift the lens and go to a different place and talk about some different folks. Right. Uh, Michael G via Star Wars at the Lorehounds.com writes, Hi, David and John. Thanks for your Michael G retrospective. One of our lore master patrons. As oh, well. he is. He is. Yes. Uh, so he says, thanks for the Ahsoka retrospective that I find really useful as it's been a while since I watched The Clone Wars and Rebels. I liked the arcs you picked so far. Looking back, they really are essential to understanding the cl- the trajectory Ahsoka's on. Good job, John. Hey, thanks, Michael. Good job, John. You commented on the first arc you covered as being a procedural or film noir, but did you notice <laughs> that all the episode titles were either direct quotes or inspired by titles of Hitchcock movies? No way. So the first one we called Sabotage. There's a 1936 Hitchcock yeah. movie called Sabotage. Great. Second one is The Jedi Who Knew Too Much, which is the same as The Man Who Knew Too Much. Oh, this from is 1934 awesome. 1934 and 56. Um, there is To Catch a Jedi, which is a parody of To Catch a Thief, 1955. And The Wrong Jedi, which is a parody of The Wrong Man, 1956. All the best from Switzerland, Michael G. That's so fun. That is awesome. That is a great pick. I don't know. I had no idea. That is very cool. I love, I love that little nerdy kind of stuff. You know, when, when you got filmmakers and showrunners who, uh, you know, drop these little, you know, pearls and nuggets and fun things like that. That is very cool. I, I never would have caught that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's super awesome. Thanks, Michael G. And thanks for being a, a lore master. Yeah. So guess who's back, David? Marilyn. <laughs> Marilyn's back. And she's got more questions. She says, hello, Lorehounds. Hello, Marilyn. We just finished watching the relevant Clone Wars episodes this weekend after having finished Rebels earlier. So the timing on this pod was great. And you had a lot of good information to share with us. I will say, well, the Jedi were certainly missing the mark rather a lot during this time. I don't think it was entirely their fault. I've heard Yoda say a couple times in different series that he could tell the dark was clouding their judgment as well as hiding things from them. For that reason, I can cut them a bit of slack, but at the same time, they clearly had a lot of responsibility for what went down. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, She says, I think it makes sense that Ahsoka wound up being anti-attachment for Jedi uh, in the Mandalorian episodes because of what happened to both Anakin and Barriss, although we don't know her full story yet, do we? Both of those close personal relationships of hers went sour for different reasons. I don't agree with her choice, but I can understand it. Also, since Luke was reportedly the one remaining Jedi, and in particular, the only one remaining who was willing to teach, going along with whatever he decided was probably about her only option, don't you think? 
I think she had been through events that were too shocking for her to be able to view the issue dispassionately, and given Luke was Anakin's son, she would have been inclined to follow his lead. Plus, I think on some level, she's somewhat something of a loner anyway. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. Um, I I don't know about Barris being an attachment thing. I get that she was friends with her, uh, but I I think that her her Barris's turn to the dark side was more about disillusion with the Jedi Order, disillusion with the Republic, and everything that was going down with the corruption. It was less about attachments, I would say. Right. Right. David, what do you think? Luke, Luke, uh, is he in charge of this whole new Jedi order and does Ahsoka need to follow the lead? Ahsoka is not a Jedi. Uh, I think she, she establishes, um, uh, a couple of times and I don't think she's a part timer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's, I think this is an interesting question is, is if you're, you know, force sensitive in, in some ways, are you beholden to, to follow some particular order, a Sith or a, a Jedi thing? And I think that, the Rian Johnson movie tried to crack that open a little bit and say, you know, my no, favorite part of it. Yeah. Yeah. That it's, I think the only interest, <laughs> the only particular part that intrigued my, you know, spiked my interest, but that's save it for the, for that podcast. Exactly. You want. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I think it's, I think it's valid for, for Ahsoka to be out there. She was, not treated well by the the Jedi, uh, the Jedi Council. I think really lost its way, and and I don't think she owes them any allegiance whatsoever. I think she she has her own moral center. She has her own understanding of the Force, and and is looking out at the world and and acting on things that she understands to be wrong. And and she's going to go try to do what she can to to stop the the evil, as it were. So yeah. I'll give my two cents. Bo-Katan oh. <laughs> just like Luke in Haven't heard this in a while. That's enough. I just wanted to have the Luke part. I do think Luke is completely full of shit. Sure. He, I, I, I'm not going to relitigate this whole thing, but Luke literally used attachment to save his father from the dark side. Mm-hmm. And then was yep. like, yeah, but attachments are evil. Attachments are the problem. It's not It's not the shame surrounding the attachment. That's the problem. It's the attachments. Yeah, I think Luke, that was my favorite part of The Last Jedi was he realized that that was an error, that he really should have let the Jedi have relationships. That I think that might have saved Ben, right? Mm-hmm. Ben, uh, ben was having an issue with dealing with the Jedi lifestyle, I think. And mm-hmm. when he was offered this more freewheeling lifestyle with the Sith, I guess he's not Sith Sith. He's he's kind of Sith Junior. But when he was offered this freewheeling lifestyle, he was vulnerable to it. It's the shame of the Jedi Order that is pushing people to the dark side, I think. Right. Yep. And I think um I think Ahsoka is very well aware of all of that stuff. And and I think she's operating in in her within her own uh on her own path. Uh yep. which I think um she she can she has feelings and she can feel her feelings and yet she understands how to 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 place herself uh in that so yep all right so she continues well it certainly seems that sidious is improvising in the films he always claims that he's foreseen all of what goes down in the end i expect it's a combination of both but it wouldn't surprise me if he had set up barris in some way along with the other events at any rate 
I'm quite sure that he is the source of the dark cloud that is confusing all the Jedi, especially those on the council. Uh, yes, absolutely. He's the source of the dark cloud. And but I think it's not like he's projecting some dark cloud from himself. It's that he's manipulating the Jedi into losing their path. And that's mm-hmm. what's pushing them towards the dark side. It's this idea of the Jedi who are supposed to be peacekeepers are suddenly generals. They're generals right. in a war. And that is pushing them away from their path and clouding their judgment. It's not just Palpatine using magic, I think. And, and, and using magic continually. I think he's, right. he's a master. What what his real true evil superpower is, is he can see momentum and he can, like a good judo master, just go, oh, just a little nudge in this direction right, right. and boom, you're going to fall on your face. He and so uses he's just his nudging, yep. yeah, and he's just nudging ever so gently, and understanding the psychology of of the people that are involved to uh, allow them to you know stumble in stumble over themselves. Right. She continues. I love the way they use the Vader theme whenever Anakin does darkest things. I agree. Do we ever get an explanation for how Maul came back from the Phantom Menace and his seeming death split? Yes, it is in the Clone Wars. There is a whole arc where he is found on a garbage planet, literally a planet where there's a huge dump. So is <laughs> this where he fell, fell down, from the he, Duel of yes, Fates? Mm-hmm. He fell down the garbage chute. They took him out with the trash and he ended up on this planet. And you can you can watch those episodes. Uh, just look up the Maul uh, Clone Wars arcs. Watch the first one with Maul in it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Vader is certainly a bad detective unless it's just that emotion is clouding his judgment. If both Rex and Ahsoka are dead, who buried everyone and put the helmet and the lightsaber in place for him to find? Looking forward to episode two. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that uh, part of this is just that they added the scene later. They had, I guess, I, I heard this somewhere. I don't remember where. They had storyboarded this whole arc of the Siege of Mandalore before the Clone Wars was canceled the first time. And then when they came back to it, they had the idea of doing the Vader scene mm-hmm. and they added that later. So maybe it was just kind of an afterthought. They didn't think it through, but I agree. He's a bad detective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's just walking around breathing, you know, right. looking for things to It's a to lot of work down. to breathe in that suit. It is. Last one from Deadeye, Jedi Bob. Another lore master. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. He says, hey, hounds, excited about your inciting coverage of Ahsoka. Caught part one of the retrospective last night. Star Wars and I go way back to the 90s as well, way before audio description tracks were a thing for totally blind Star Wars fans. So I've always enjoyed viewing the Phantom from as many perspectives as possible so as to not miss anything. Still trying to get a feel for how Discord's various servers, etc. work with screen readers, so hopefully this reaches you. It did, Bob. It did reach us. And I'm glad that Discord's accessibility features are working because that's important. Yeah. And and uh, I hope we're going to get some more feedback from you as the um, as the Ahsoka series continues because I think you've uh, you're yeah as you say you're a big fan and and we're looking for, we want all the feedback that you got especially right. from different perspectives and different experiences right and it's, um, you know it's it's very easy for us to forget that. There is a wide, wide assortment of people who are into these stories, be it Star Wars, be it Harry Potter, be it, uh, um, I don't know, name a franchise. I'm I'm Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. One might say we do that sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) Wheel of Time. Uh, Not that we cover Harry Potter. I I, I think I've read the first book maybe once. Um, 
but that's a whole other story. <laughs> let's, let's not go into Harry Potter. No, really. let's not get there. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm really glad that you're able to uh, join along with us in this uh, very cool uh, series. And we look forward to more feedback from you as well. Cool. Thanks, Bob. And uh, I think that's it for feedback. But of course, send in the emails or go to the lorehounds.com if you want to send in yours for next week. David, bring us into the outro. Oy, we have a lot going on, don't we? Uh, let's quickly first talk about our two affiliates, Properly Howard Movie Review. Anthony and Steve just kicked off their new season. They're talk, uh, doing a whole series. What do we got here? Two, four, six, eight, ten, about, 10, 12, about 12 uh, movies that are all remakes. And the first one just released, uh, well, we had Howard the Duck. That was kind of a, a preseason teaser to bring things, you know, to get things turned on. But uh, August 14th, they dropped White Men Can't Jump. And in August 21st, they're going to release a Dune review about uh, the Villeneuve movie. And then August 28th, it's going to be Robocop. And if you haven't listened to Steve and Anthony, uh, they're hilarious. Uh, they Anthony are. is a stand-up comic, and Anthony. Oh no, Anthony's in a stand-up comic. Steve is. Uh, wait, did I just get that wrong again? Yeah, you did. You reverse strike that. Reverse it. Yes. Anthony is an academic. Steve is a stand-up comic, and there you uh, go. They have a great time on the mics. They're very funny together, and it's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff. So go check out properly Howard movie review. There'll be a link in the show notes. We've got a channel set up for them on our Discord server. So if you uh, you know listen to their episodes, uh, you can jump on there and and uh, give them a little talk back. Alicia, uh, our favorite Silo uh, Zen, uh, mayor of Silo Town. She is shifting gears. She's now covering Dune, the culture of Dune, not just the books. I'm talking about documentaries, talking about video games, her and her co-host. Everything Luke from spicy. Silo. Yeah, very good. Very good, John. Mm. Um, so they're going to just sort of do a big wraparound, uh, 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 you know, who is Frank Herbert? What are these stories about? All sort of in preparation, assuming that part two of Villeneuve's um, movie for Dune is going to be released on time, as they said this year. So uh, check her out. It's still the same feed, Wool Shift Dust. It's just Wool Shift Dust does Dune. We set up another special channel for conversations around that on the um, on the Discord server as well. Where are we in terms of our own programming, John? It's going to be a busy time. We have it's a very lot busy right now, uh, but it's it's all good. It's all good content. I'm glad that we're in this Oof. sort of renewed golden age of TV right now. I wouldn't mind them spacing it out a little bit. You know, I know. Just I was so. just thinking that today. Does Ahsoka <laughs> need to come out the same time as Wheel of Time? I don't know. I don't exactly. Know Could we put that at true. the end? You know, right. but then we, they got to compete with Loki and they've got some Marvel movies coming out. Nobody's competing like, with Loki. Loki can't compete with Loki because Secret Invasion has killed the whole. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> careful there. Careful. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to do Foundation and Wheel of Time overlapping, that lot alone, like having a soap yeah. in between. So. Yeah. so we're doing, needless to say, we're doing full coverage on all three of those shows. Yep. So full full episode breakdowns. We have screeners for Foundation. We have screeners for Wheel of Time for the first half of Wheel of Time. So at least we were able to stay up on on top of the content and get episodes out to you guys 
as they drop is the moment the studio embargo is released. We're able yeah. to, which is usually when the airtime for the episode. So we, can which, drop which is not really later. true in the end. It ends up being like they release the episode the night before, and then we can't right. release our podcast till the morning after, but that's fine. It's fine. As soon as they let us, we will, we will release it. We, it's all we, timey whiny yeah. stuff. It's all timey whiny yeah. stuff. Yeah. But the, you know, even on top of that, we still have some M- an MCU show coming up. Uh, we've got to do some recap and some news updates. We've got Silmarillion stories. We're going to be talking about the Sindar, uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. You and Brandon are going to be playing, uh, talking about Skyrim. You've already played oh, yeah. Skyrim. You've played a I, lot. I of played Skyrim. hundreds of hours of Skyrim. I can talk about Skyrim forever for days. <laughs> we just recorded Second Breakfast, our Patreon exclusive podcast that should be yep. dropping uh, shortly. And you and uh, Moses just did a uh, One Piece. Yeah, we're we're sailing to the Grand Line. We're going to be the kings of the pirates and. Uh, we're having a blast. I think it's it's yeah. been a lot of fun in the conversations. It's a good vibe. We were I was talking about to it the other day. It was a oh, good yeah? podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I we, know nothing about fun. the world, so you know, I'm just <laughs> listening. It's cool. Yeah, we just recap the arcs one by one and and we uh we do a few per episode usually because there's over a thousand episodes and we need to get through this <laughs> at a, some kind of reasonable pace. We did exactly. episodes thirty one through fifty three. Now next month we're gonna do episodes fifty four through ninety one. So <laughs> Right. Uh, keep keep your Hulu running. Well, we've got uh, and you've got a live action movie coming up as well uh, on Netflix. Oh, boy. It's a series. It's a it's oh a, series. Right. Sorry. Yeah. Movie. yeah. Series. Yeah. I have. You know, I asked Moses at the end of the podcast, are we going to cover this? And he goes, "Ooh, I don't know if I'm going to like it. So we've we've uh, we've agreed that we're both going to watch it. If it's bad, we're not going to cover it. If it's okay. good, we will cover it because we don't want to have a hate podcast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, just listen to this, the secret invasion. We could have been, um, yeah, yeah. uh, having a real hate fest with that. So you know, sure, there's always sure. something good to find. You got to at least talk about it. You'll hit. You'll yeah. We'll, to we'll mention it. it. We'll mention it on the main show. If we, yeah, if sure. we don't do a one shot, but, uh, September needs no more podcasts. So I'm not yearning <laughs> to do a one shot on that. We're pedal to the metal here at Lorehounds, uh, central. Yep. Um, speaking of, uh, pedal to the metal, our lore masters have kept their, uh, foots stomped down on the accelerators of, uh, Patreon subscriptions. Was that just a, was that a real forced transition there or did that kind of work? I I think I, I'm rooting for you, man. Okay. Leave it in. All right. If you, uh, (laughs) if you're Smokey and the Bandit fan, if you know, you know, I I was, I had that in my, my mind. I burnt Reynolds in my mind. When you use foots as the plural of foot, I enjoyed that because it made me think of uh, the proud foots, the proud feet in, in uh, the Hobbit, in, in the Lord of the Rings. So we, we do need to know though, is, is is it, uh, is your foot as big as your heart though, John? All right. That's enough. That's enough uh, for you. Let's get through these shout-outs now. <laughs> Martian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter O H, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duve 71, Brian8063, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, DJ Miwa, Andra B, Kwong Yu, Laura G, Dead Eye, Jedi Bob, and Nathan T. Thank you guys all so much for your subscriptions, for your continued subscriptions. We really appreciate uh, everything that you guys are able to provide us because that helps us do all the things that we do. There are many costs and um, conditions that uh, are required for 
putting out a quality podcast and we hope that our, our podcasts are good quality. And thank you to all of our lore masters and lore fiend subscribers as well. All of you um, make a difference. And, you know, so I don't know. Thanks patron. We patron. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I hope you hope you're enjoying your stickers. I saw one on a bookshelf with Tolkien books today and that made me happy. Oh yeah. Our one year stickers went out. Uh, I got to do one small more round of, of, of a few stickers. Uh, I got to send you some stickers. Um, one day. I got to send the rest of right. our, our co-hosts uh, all stickers. Uh, but yeah, that was a really great project. And uh, so, yeah, just a, just a token of our appreciation for, for all that you've done for us. We thought it would be some something fun to do for you guys. So Yeah. Cool. Well, I will see you, David, for the premiere of the first two episodes on one night yes. of Ahsoka on August 23rd. And then we'll Oof. talk about that. That'll probably drop the Saturday after. It's going right, to drop Saturday after. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah. All we right. don't have screeners. They, yep. they're Disney we asked. nice like that. We asked. <laughs> we wouldn't <laughs> we would say what they, their response was. So <laughs> Bob Iger emailed me personally to say he hates me. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. We love the mouse. All right. Thanks, John. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. And connect with us on Twitter at The Lorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works, and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. <laughs>